This is What the HR, Episode 5. I'm Mike Tool, HR Technology Consultant with Success Factors and a board member with Twin City Sherm. And I'm Jesse Novi, an HR business partner with CH Robinson and a board member of Twin City Sherm as well. Before I give a brief overview on our January events, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners for their recent five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. The review came from Hungry and Humble HR where they wrote, and I quote, the, love the insight given by these game-changing HR leaders, really useful insights to apply to my job, can't wait for more episodes, end quote. Thank you, Hungry Humble HR. We're glad that you got some insight out of that. If you're also a fan of the podcast, uh, we'd ask that you do leave us a rating and a review. The ratings help to promote the podcast and increase interest in the topics we're covering. If you choose to leave us a rating and a review, we may select your review to read during our next episode. All right, so regarding our January events, uh, be sure to mark your calendars for our monthly webinar and evening social at Dayblock Brewing Company. Uh, to learn more about other events for Twin Cities Sherm, you can visit our website at tcsherm.org. That's tcsherm.org and click on the events. In today's interview, we're interviewing Terry Calderon. Terry leads the people operations function at Field Nation and is also the interim leader for customer operations. Recognizing that the employee experience directly impacts the customer experience, Terry believes in workplace culture that puts the employee and customer at the heart of every decision. In a rapidly changing world of work, Terry embraces an agile approach to people operations and leadership, one in which talent management programs are developed incrementally and always with the overall company strategy and vision in mind. Passionate about mentoring less experienced HR professionals, Terry's proudest accomplishments are those in which she has been part of a team member's successful career journey. Thanks, Mike. I am so excited to be here with Terry today. This is um, specifically special for me because Terry and I have a history together, which we'll be talking about during the podcast today. And secondly, I get to talk about one of my most favorite topics, which is mentoring with one of my favorite mentors. But before we hop into um, talking about all the goodness today, Terry, for those that are not familiar with Field Nation, can you fill them in on what Field Nation is all about? And then I also would love you to share a little bit about your unique opportunity that you had when you joined uh, Field Nation several years back. Definitely. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Jesse. And I have been looking forward to this all month long. <laughs> uh, so thank you. And, and congratulations to both of you, Mike and Jesse, for putting this together. It's a great podcast. And I love the title, What the HR. It's wonder. It's excellent title. So Field Nation, uh, we are here. Our purpose is to break the barriers to work. And what that means is we want to make it easier for people to get work. And we want to make it easier for companies to get work done. So today, predominantly, we're a marketplace. And in our marketplace, we have independent field tech workers who are you know, looking to find work, and they find that work from buyer companies who post work. The work that those individuals are doing is all predominantly short-term, on-demand, on-site, field service, tech, IT tech work. And so I had the great fortune of joining Field Nation four years ago as the first ever HR professional. And I come from a background of contingent labor, working with you, Jesse, previously at Atero. And so I, what was exciting to me about Field Nation when I spoke with my new CEO was that it was a different way of thinking about how people find and get work. And I knew from working in, in staffing previously that there was you know, even a better 
way. And so as the first HR professional, I had this unique opportunity to really be creative and innovative and set up a practice, if you will, um, based on you know being doing doing whatever uh, needed to be done at that moment in time and building up the practice. So I have uh, been, had a wonderful four years and have been given opportunities that I I can't ever would could never have imagined. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've been able to build out a team of people and uh, get to work with an amazing leadership team. Awesome. So when you know Terry and I were chatting about what we were gonna. Uh, what our topic was going to be today. You know, there was so many awesome topics that we could have covered given the work that Terry's been doing here at Field Nation. But as I mentioned, Terry and I have a unique, have had a unique history together. And I personally have had a really unique opportunity as somebody who's worked under Terry. And so as her and I were chatting a little bit more, I could tell that both um, her energy and my energy were increasing on the phone as we got on onto the topic of mentorship. So I'm just going to give kind of a, a brief um, overview of kind of how I, how I came to know Terry and what my experience was with her out of the gate. And then we'll kind of morph into mentorship and my experience with her. And I, I would love Terry to share one of my favorite stories that um, she has shared uh, with others along her mentoring journey about how this didn't necessarily become naturally for her um, in the earlier part of her career. So the early part of my career was mainly in talent acquisition. And Terry, I had previously worked for Atero, but more in a talent acquisition capacity and then had moved on and taken on another role that was predominantly focused on talent acquisition, but it also had some HR generalist components to it as well. And an opportunity had opened back up at Atero, but more in a generalist capacity. And Terry and I had gotten reconnected. And, and she said, would you be interested in interviewing for this opportunity? And I said, yes, gosh, I'm really interested in moving out of talent acquisition and into more of a generalist opportunity. Um, long story short, I passed up on the opportunity <laughs> the first time. Which so sad. I was so sad. <laughs> but but I came around the second. Uh, luckily, a second opportunity was uh, provided to me, and I did I did take it the second time after Terry said there isn't going to be a third time, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, and I, thank goodness you did. Seriously, like one of the best hires I've ever made. So uh, yeah, so you're going to find that this might be a little bit of a love fest um, uh, <laughs> podcast episode. But um, so anyway, I ended up taking the second opportunity, and one of the the beautiful. One of the beautiful things that Terry granted me um, as part of that opportunity was the fact that I didn't come from a strong ER background. Um, I didn't have a formal education in um, HR. My education is in communication studies, and I had just kind of grown into HR through the various uh, career opportunities that had been granted to me. And the and the role that I was accepting at Atero was very ER and legal focused, and there were qualities that Terry saw in me and experiences that I had had previously that she felt, you know, I think Jesse can do this job, even though she doesn't, you know, fit the job description to a T. And so for any of you that are listening that, you know, have been apprehensive to interview somebody because or, or offer a job to somebody because they haven't met the job description perfectly, I hope that what you hear through this story today will help keep, you know, help encourage you to keep an open mind about 
people's experiences, the way they the way they show up in this world and the passions that they have and give them a chance because the chance that Cherry that Terry took on me has really opened up so many amazing doors for me. And um, if it wasn't for her, I might not be in the role that I am in today. So thank oh, you. You are welcome. And I mean, I it was such a wonderful experience in working with you and just as much as you might say I mentored you. You mentored me too. And that's what made our relationship special. Awesome. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, mutually benefit. I tell all, yeah. all of the leaders that I coach now that mentorship relationships should be mutually yeah. beneficial for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey into mentorship and how this was yeah. not a strong skill set for you out of the gate? Yeah. So I love to tell this story. So when I was first a manager... You have to know this first, that up to this point, I had been an HR generalist and I had already been for several years coaching other people managers on how to coach their team members. So now I'm in this role where I am a new manager myself and I had an employee on my team and she, um, Jesse, unlike when you came in, she had all the what, the knowledge skills, but how she went about doing her job was just rubbing everybody the wrong way. So I needed to coach her on this. And I sat down and I belabored. I sat and thought about what am I going to say to her and how am I going to say it? I wanted it just to be just perfect and I didn't want to forget anything and um, had all my bullet points ready. And I sat down with her to deliver the coaching and I wasn't a sentence or two in. And she said, Terry, would you just stop? And I was flabbergasted, like, what? I'm trying to give you coaching. And she's like, Terry, would you just stop talking to me like you're an HR person? <laughs> and it just really, you know, it really just made me wise, eyes wide open to go, oh my gosh, what have I been doing all these years? I'm, what do you mean like an HR person? And it's probably the best f- feedback and advice I've gotten in my career because. What I learned from that was that, you know what, I need to be more authentic and true and real with people Mm -hmm. and have conversations. Um, You know, we're all people, we're humans, we're talking to each other. And I was, I was too scripted. I was too, too prescriptive. And, And it changed the way not only how I mentor and coach and work with people, but it also changed the way I would, the advice I'd give to other leaders. And so, although I found that advice in a situation, an unusual situation, I'm really grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Feedback is a gift, right? It sure is. Yeah. And even from the, sometimes I think we think it has to come from the people we only admire, we only respect, we only have done great things. But in this case, it came from somebody on my team that I considered, um, you know, not, not a strong technically, but not strong, uh, you know, in terms of her soft skills. And uh, I am, you know, thank goodness. So I, I listened to that feedback. Mm -hmm. So, you know, prior to hiring me, had you had other experiences where you were able to sort of read between the lines and take a chance, I guess, if you will, on other hires? And and if so, how did you get to that point as a leader? And what were some of the the qualities or characteristics that you were focused on, uh, maybe more than just what was written on the resume? Yeah, what I 
feel strongly about and compelled about is looking at somebody's journey, you know, through their, even through their education and through their career and just seeing the way they've moved from one position to the other and the relationships that they've formed along the way. Do they, do they still have those relationships? Um, are they, have they been, as I like to say, pulled along the journey or were they pushed along? And, and when you, when you recognize that, then it's like, okay, if they've been pulled along and people, and people have, you know, encouraged them to come join them here or there, uh, the, the what the, they need to know, I can teach that, but it's a lot harder to teach the, how they go about doing their job. And so, yeah, I've, that is one of my most favorite things And Jesse, you were certainly in that, um, a person in that in that bucket, if you will, but also have uh, you know had a, a person or two prior to you as well mm-hmm. at Atero, and recently here I have a couple on my team who uh, have exceeded my wildest dreams and expectations, and didn't necessarily have this specific uh, experiences in HR when they came here, but I was happy to give them that experience and work with them. Um, to become really strong uh, HR professionals. So some leaders might say, you know, that takes a lot of work. Like it's so much easier to hire somebody who, you know, checks all of the boxes and has all the experience that I'm looking for. I don't have time for mentorship. What What would you say to somebody like that? Hmm. It is it is work, but it's so much fun. Um, it is, you know, I I think when I. Th- when I was thinking about today in our conversation, I thought, well, what are the things that I do? Like, what specifically do I do? And um, talking with my team members, and one of the most fun things to do is collaborate. And sometimes you think, oh, well, they don't have, you know, they don't have the background or experience, so maybe what could they gain? What what could I gain from hearing from them? And I find just the opposite. Oftentimes, not having any preconceived notions about how something is, they bring the best ideas or the best ways to solve the problem to the table. And then as well, so it's a way for them to learn. And collaborating with me as we work through a problem or an issue or a project or whatever the case might be, it's an opportunity for those individuals to through our collaboration to learn from me and for me to be able to incorporate their ideas into whatever final uh, project or solution that, that we come to. And that just feels great. And that's like, I can't think of any uh, better way to learn. Yeah. And I can say from personal experience that those were some of my favorite memories Mm -hmm. at Atero when we were working on putting together our HIPO program and, um, collaborating just on other big initiatives Mm -hmm. that were going on. It was, it was really the first time in my career that I had been able to sit in a conference room with other like-minded um, HR folks of varying degrees of experience and background mm-hmm. and really talk through, you know, what is our obje- what is the objective that we want to meet here um, and how do we want to go about meeting it? And I know I learned a lot from you through that experience. And then it also just really made me feel as though my opinions mattered and yeah. that I was really valued. And I think you know, as a um, a newer professional in that kind of capacity, I think building up somebody's confidence, like, oh, hey, you do have good ideas and you do bring a lot of value to the table, gives you that extra momentum to say, you know, hey, I'm going to speak up more, you know, whether it's in a brainstorming session mm-hmm. or in a meeting with executives or whoever it might be, like, my opinions do matter. People have indicated that I have good ideas and um, therefore I'm going to feel more confident to share them in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say two heads are better than one. I think of all the 
mistakes I would have made along the way had I not collaborated and brainstormed with my team members because they would have either, they were like, Terry, you didn't think about this or that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, great point. Thank goodness we've all sat here and thought this through. So I, I just love, I love the idea of brainstorming. Um, I love the idea of collaborating to get to the best resolution to something. It's really fun. Yeah. And I remember we used to kind of joke because um, you and Patty specifically mm. were kind of like our, our firework yeah. leaders where you had a lot of great ideas, but sometimes connecting the dots on like, okay, that's an amazing idea, but can we actually bring it to fruition? And if we need to, if we decide that that's the route we're going to go, what are the steps we need yeah. to take to do it? And I think, you know, Bridget and I were really helpful in that regard. For sure. And, um, I think, you know, to that point, varying the the ways in which uh, the, the the way people think on your team, too, can be really critical in those situations. Absolutely. Yeah. Like having ideas. I'm an ideas person, so I could sit and throw out ideas all day. And and having I've learned along the way that you have to have people who can be grounded in. Can we really execute on this? Like, how would this really actually play out? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, people like you and Bridget would keep Patty and I a little bit grounded sometimes <laughs> with our fireworks of ideas. And uh, we like to. She also was an ideas person, and so we we would uh, we could definitely uh, <laughs> yeah light up the room with with our 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 ideas. Yes. Um, so, getting back to more just specifically around mentorship. Um, Talk to talk to our listeners a little bit more about the value um, of mentorship within an organization. So similar to the mentorship that you and I developed versus maybe having a mentor outside mm. of the organization. And do you feel like there's um, more value in one over the other? Great question. Uh, I actually think both are equally valuable. Uh, within the organization, it's great to have a mentor because they can help you understand maybe better the why, why things, why we're, you know, why we're making certain decisions or moving in a certain direction and how to navigate through that. Sometimes it can be, uh, if as a newer professional, overwhelming coming into an organization and, and wondering, well, am I, you know, my thinking, is my thinking making sense? Am I, you know, am I um, adding value? And so that's that can be really helpful within an organization, but also externally. And I know, uh, f- you know, for myself, I certainly find benefit in people, you know, like our friend Carrie, mm-hmm. who, although, she, you know, she's focused, um, um, grounded in strengths, there's been so many times where it's nice to have somebody outside the organization where I can go to and be like, I just need help with this situation. What do you think? Um, she can bring this outside perspective that's not clouded by anything that's going on within the organization to help um, help me think think that through and provide hopefully a better outcome for the organization. So I think mentoring internally or externally are both equally important. I also think that you know, as I, I coach leaders, um, executive leaders at the the corporation that I work for now, I think people get kind of mm-hmm. paralyzed sometimes mm-hmm. at the idea of like, oh, it feels so formal, or do I actually have to reach out to the person to be like, hey, will you be my mentor? You know. Mm-hmm. So, how would you recommend, you know, if somebody um, in an organization maybe has their eyes on somebody that they think, gosh. You know, I heard them speak at a meeting or mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to work with them on a project and I'm very inspired by them and they have characteristics that I would like to embody more, how that person should go about approaching the opportunity to say, hey, I, I'd like to 
maybe take you out for coffee or have lunch with you and develop a stronger relationship. You know, I think just what you said, inviting them to a conversation, hopefully, I mean, that, that would go over really well within Field Nation. And hopefully most organizations are like that today where there's a more of a, you know, an open environment in terms of from a leadership perspective or from anywhere across the organization. Uh, I would give advice to that person though. I, I would, I would let your manager know too, like I, I want to also learn from this person just so they're not maybe wondering why are you connecting with them? What maybe is there something I'm missing that I'm not giving you, which usually isn't the case. It's just, we can learn from many different people, but I would, you know, talk, let your manager know that you would like to approach this person. And I think that's a wonderful idea. Just invite them to coffee or um, lunch and just, and, and if you're looking for that mentorship, then you as a mentee be in the driver's seat to get the most out of it. Don't, don't assume like that person's going to do all the work, if you will, but, but instead really be thoughtful about like, well, what do I want to gain or learn um, from this relationship, from this experience? Yeah. I would actually love for you to talk a little bit more about that because that's a question that comes up too with my leaders is just what's, you know, is there value in it being more formal, more informal? Mm. And, and I have some opinions, but I would, I'd love to hear what you have, what you're thinking. So probably because I like things more simple and organic, I prefer the informal uh, just because I feel it feels more natural, but I, I can see like formality then make makes it more accountable or make maybe would make would ensure something that a mentorship happens. Um, but I, yeah, I guess for me, I like the informal organic because I think it's more natural and authentic. But I don't know. I could you tell what do you think? I you know here's my collaboration coming. Like I want to hear what you have to say because maybe there's things I'm not thinking about. Yeah, I've, you know, I've had the opportunity to develop a couple of mentorship programs and my experience is that if there isn't more of a formal agenda in place that both people like the relationship just mm-hmm. kind of fizzles and yeah. that there's some confusion from both the mentor mentee and the mentor on like who owns this relationship and who's supposed to come to the table with the questions and my response has always been it, you know, it's kind of like a marriage, like it's mm-hmm. it's 50-50 and the mentee needs to have a clear objective of what I what do I want to get out of this relationship and then be vocal with the mentor about that so that the mentor can come to that that meeting or that conversation with some suggestions or ideas and challenge that employee or that mentee relationship to think about um, how they could be thinking about things differently or doing things differently. Yeah. Solid point. See? <laughs> Better. I, I like that answer a lot, and I I, I agree. Mm-hmm. It, it, there is something about accountability and having an agenda that helps people then carry on, if you will, in, in that mentorship. So good mm-hmm. points. And then um, any advice for when somebody kind of feels like I've gotten what I need mm-hmm. out of this relationship? Mm-hmm. How you know? How do I kind of politely? move on or say, you know, appreciate, I'm great, you know, grateful for your, yeah. your time and investment. Yeah. And I think that could go both ways. I think as a mentor, you could also see like, I think you're right. Like, I think I've given you what I, what I have and you're doing, I see you putting things in action. And so I want you to like, I, you, I trust you. I have confidence in you now to, to, you know, to, to go for it. So I can, you know, maybe mentor others and same with a mentee. I think they can have the same conversation be like, this has been just being grateful and gracious for what they've learned or what experiences they've gained. And then to let them know, like, now I'm going to, I think I'm ready to go put some of your things into action. Or maybe now I have another interest that I want to be mentored on by somebody else. I think it's just, Mm -hmm. just being respectful and gracious. Yep. 
And then when do you think it's um, maybe more appropriate or more valuable for somebody to become a part of a more formal program? So for example, I know you've had the luxury of being a part of Mentium, Mm -hmm. which is a local group. And given that we do have um, some folks that listen to this podcast that are local to Mm -hmm. Minnesota, if you want to even share a little bit about Mentium and what your experience was there. Yeah, so it's been a few years, but I had a I had a really great experience, and um, in in my case, that I I did two mentorships through Mentium, and the first one was specifically with one organization, one um, nonprofit organization who they were going through a lot of change in leadership at the time, and you know really had large lofty goals in front of them. So it was a great way for them to engage with external. Um, mentors who maybe would think differently than what they, how they thought, if you will, within their their nonprofit to really think about how they wanted to elevate and get to that next level. So in that particular mentorship, the person I was paired with was not in HR, which I remember at first kind of thinking, well, gosh, what value could I possibly provide her? Like my knowledge is in this area. Well, it was just the, it was a wonderful um, year mentor mentorship program and you know similar to how I feel about you I, I I know I learned as much from her as she learned from me and um, it was just a, a great way to instill you know confidence in her and give her somebody outside of the company that wasn't gonna judge or um, you know or go back and betray any confidences where she could just really just be transparent and talk about what was happening what was going in her role in that and uh, I think I was able, well, so she told me, I, I know I was able to help her, you know, kind of, you know, get through that period and feel really good about, um, you know, her, her role and her place in it. So, mm-hmm. so I love, I want to talk actually a little bit more about mentor relationships with people that are not in the same mm-hmm. field that you are. But before we do that, um, when do you think it could be more beneficial to, to be in the field? To be, no, oh, to be, I'm sorry, to be in a more formal program through oh. Mentium versus, you yeah. know, internally or maybe reaching out to um, somebody you've historically worked with. Right. And, yeah. So I think, like I mentioned, in that particular case, that organization, like if you are, if you have a lot of change and you need, and there's, and you feel like I need these leaders to maybe elevate to the next level, I think that could be a great opportunity for an organization to partner with somebody like Mentium. I also think it's a great opportunity when um, they can help, you know, Mentium, a company like that can help you formalize it when maybe you just don't have the time or resources and they're experts in it. So um, having somebody, they, they, they have all the resources, all of the tools and um, necessary to help bring those relationships to to light. They've done it over and over again. And so uh, I think that can also be a time where maybe the formality, if you don't have the time or the resources, but you know it would be important for your organization or maybe just for a handful of leaders within your organization, that can be a time where formal mentorship can really be powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, couldn't, I could not agree more. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, reaching out to maybe uh, somebody that you're interested in being mentored by that isn't, you know, in our case, in HR, for example, and what kind of value or lack thereof you think would bring to that relationship? Uh, that I've reached out to who I would, who no, I would. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'll be more clear. I'm sorry. So let's say, for example, um, I'm in, you know, I'm thinking that I, I would, I would value, or it would be valuable to me to reach out and have a mentorship relationship. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking, gosh, maybe there might be some value in connecting with somebody that's not in the field of Mm -hmm. HR. What do you, what do you think about that? Oh yeah, definitely. So the value of that is sometimes you might, you know, like-minded people might think alike. Mm -hmm. So it's not that all HR people think alike. I definitely don't. I I know that not to be true, but when you can I find somebody who's not in your field, it's it will bring new light to maybe how how organizations come together or that maybe bigger picture thinking or perspective of HR, like their perspective. Because the reality is that um, there in still today are many stereotypes about what HR is. And you know, I'm always wanting to break those stereotypes, as you know, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best way to be able to do that, if, you, if for example, if you feel like you're in an organization where you are being stereotyped as an HR team, maybe finding a mentor not an HR to, to understand um, that stereotype and or understanding what, what you might do to um, increase the value that HR is bringing to your organization by talking to an end client of HR, an internal, you know, employer, stakeholder who would have, um, who would, you know, have some insight into that. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's when I think getting outside of your own area, functional area can be really helpful and open your eyes to see like, Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Um, so I would, I would encourage it. I think that's a great way to get well-rounded. Well, I think being a, you know, mentoring other HR people, is would also be really fruitful. I, I really like that experience. I told you the individual wasn't in HR, and I thought that was really great b- both ways because we both could then, you know, bring unique thinking, if you will, to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know as someone who works at an organization where there's quite a bit of tenure, and a lot of our leaders have been, you know, in the with the company for fifteen plus years. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a ton of value in working at an organization for that long, especially one that's um, continuing to evolve. But I also think that in those situations, there tends to be a lot of like group think and mm-hmm. you you tend to get kind of stuck in this way of processing information or way of thinking about how things can be accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I recommend to my leaders a lot, you know, reach out to somebody on LinkedIn that's maybe like a customer of ours or somebody Mm -hmm. that's in a similarly situated industry but doesn't maybe do exactly what we do. And then I also encourage them to think about somebody that might be in a role that would be elevated, you know, so not equal to them, but slightly elevated. Yeah. No, I love that. All Mm -hmm. really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Have people taken you up on that? And do um, they do it? And what good, learning? That, what learning have you found? That is a good question. Yeah. I um, I should follow up on those conversations <laughs> more. If you were to ask me what I think happens, I'd say it's probably notated and then not followed up on. But um, yeah, now you've encouraged me yeah. to want to go back and 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 ask. Yeah, I do know that I have provided um, in some situations. You know, hey, I think that it's probably not a mentor what you need right now in your career, but really more of a formal executive coach. Mm -hmm. And I have done a lot of research in that area and and recommended some services to my executives. Do you have some experience in that area too? And what do you think about those types of relationships? Yeah, no, I think an executive coach, that type of relationship can be really helpful, especially for uh, an executive newer in their career or maybe 
going through a period of significant change. Um, you know, everybody, everybody can use a coach and sometimes, uh, you know, and, and, and in that particular situation, you pay for the service. So yeah. they are skilled at, uh, they're skilled at what they do and they will challenge your thinking. And it's, just, again, it's a safe environment for that executive level. So yeah, I've had some good experiences with, um, with, individuals, executives using executive coaches or professionals who were gearing towards becoming an executive, um, working with a coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I too have had similar types of situations where it just seems like you're at a point in this career where something more formal with somebody with, um, professional experience in this area could be really valuable to you. And, um, I've had experiences where that's been more in a one-on-one kind of formal, um, executive coaching experience and also some, some services now that we've been using at CH Robinson where it's more like a cohort. Mm. So you're Mm. with, um, you know, people that are kind of equivalent to you and, and based on the conversation that we had just had around other industries, Mm -hmm. it allows individuals that are kind of similarly at a similarly situated level within their career to meet with other people in different industries and sort of learn and grow together too. Yeah. Yeah. I love the cohort idea Mm -hmm. for sure. And then it, I think, you know, it's created some long-term relationships and Mm -hmm. maybe even some more informal mentorships that Mm -hmm. have developed, um, outside of that cohort completing. Nice. So to kind of go back to our relationship and some of the experiences that I had with you specifically at a tarot is, you know, there were there were a lot of examples where I felt like you gave me projects and or tasks that naturally I probably wouldn't have raised my hand for. I would have felt like I wasn't qualified to take to take that on. So, you know, talk to our listeners about encouraging leaders to take some risks there mm-hmm. and and the pros and then maybe even some of the, the cons that come with with delegating in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love, and this wasn't something that came naturally either, right? Delegating at first, you know, when you have high accountability for yourself, then it can sometimes be a natural tendency to want to control things. And it's like, Oh, I, you know, we all, we've, we've heard this before. Like I know how to do it. So it's just faster if I do it. So I'm just going to get it done. But then what that does is prevents you from having the chance to grow yourself, right, as a leader out of your comfort zone. And so in those cases where I gave you, which I never knew you felt like maybe you weren't qualified for, you I, you came across very confident to me, Jesse. So, um, so nice job. Anyway, but when giving those projects or tasks or what have you, um, like that's the best way to learn. And, and the the so that's the pro like just getting in there and doing it that's there's no other better way to learn something um the con i suppose could be and i've had this happen in my career where you where you give somebody and i this wasn't with you though by the way jesse this did not happen with jesse (laughs) where you give somebody something and maybe it's a little ahead of when they were ready for it and then they make a mistake but okay so they made a mistake so what's going to happen okay they're going to learn you know um but it can put you in a position where maybe people are going why did you why did you give that responsibility mm-hmm. um to that individual and uh but being able to just support the why and uh and, and know that um in the end that they're going to if if you have the right person who's made that mistake they're going to learn from it and just become stronger and so i you know i just i it also being able to do that has made me um, 
be able to grow myself. Like I said earlier, like if I would hang on to things, then if I think about that, if I would have hung on to things in my career, I wouldn't have gotten the experiences that I've been afforded. And so it has, it's really important. And it, sometimes it is scary and you maybe put yourself out there on a limb to, to give that. But if you have the right people, chances are it's going to go over really well. Yeah. And you make a really good point of not only are you helping that employee grow and prosper in their career, but then as the leader, you're also Mm -hmm. essentially helping elevate yourself, especially if that employee does is successful in that task that you've for sure, you know, given, given to them. Are there, are there like risks or tasks or responsibilities that you feel you wouldn't recommend giving? Um, I mean, I guess, hmm, good question. Anything, I've always taken the, if anything related to where you could get a legal claim, yeah. uh, you know, I'd want to make sure that the individual involved feels fully, is fully knowledgeable and confident so that they are not put in that position where, where they have to explain why they did something to, you know, <laughs> a court, for example. <laughs> uh, I guess that would be one situation. I would never want to set somebody up to be in that position where they're not ready to handle something that perhaps would have a, a legal implication later. That would be the one thing yeah. that I just want to make sure they're ready. Yeah. Another thing too that we did a lot of, especially kind of in that first year of me being in the generalist role at Atero was role playing yeah. and shadowing. And I think when people hear the term role play, they initially roll their eyes. They're like, I'm not going to do that. That's uncomfortable. That's silly. Mm-hmm. You know, insert word here. And you know, I can, I still to this day with my, even with my higher level executives, encourage them to role play. We're going through a ton of change right now and um, we're navigating through a lot of ambiguity. And I think for everybody involved, role play can be an incredibly powerful tool. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, what would you say about role playing and, sh- and shadowing and the, and the benefits of that? Yeah. I mean, I always say role-playing is a safe place. Like you yeah. can practice saying it. It's just like anything. If you practice it, then when you, you know, when you actually are in that moment, it'll go a lot better. And so, yeah, for me, it's like we can role-play because I can be your sounding board. Um, I can maybe, you know, give you, um, you know, give you some f- feedback to tweak a thing here or there, but it just gives people confidence. So, yeah, I'm I'm a still a fan <laughs> of the role-play I would have to say, um, especially in situations where it's just like somebody's feeling really uncomfortable with having a conversation. Uh, there's, I just, I think it's just a, a great tool in the toolbox, if you will. So I, I encourage it. Yeah. Also, um, one of the things that really helped me grow early on was just the opportunity to be pulled into and to listen to a lot of critical and crucial conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so maybe you can talk a little bit about that and the yeah. value. So I'm an includer and I like to include people, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes to a fault I'm told, but that is the best way, whether it's in come listen to this conversation or come be a part of this meeting. Um, it creates two things. It brings people, people want to be at the heart of things. People want to, they feel like they're connected to the overall mission and what the work they're doing when they feel like I'm at the heart, I know what's going on. So for me, transparency is really important. And that's a way to have transparency is to hear, I want you to hear this conversation because that's how you're going to learn and grow. Um, or I want you to be a, be a part of this meeting. Um, one of the things I was thinking about was that sometimes as a leader, I know for myself, 
when you're working maybe on some challenging company, you know, big, big picture problems, an employee might come to you and have a problem or a question and it can feel really good to just give them the answer because it's like, I know this one, I got it. Like I'll like, I don't have to think really hard cause I've done this 20 times, mm-hmm. but that doesn't help the person learn. So for me, something that I've, I constantly have to remind myself is I know Terry, we know, you know, the answer, but be more curious. And so instead of just, even though the employee's coming to me with a question going, well, what do you think? What do you think? Like, tell me, well, tell me what you would say. And it's another mm-hmm. kind of form of role playing is just tell me what you would say. And nine times out of 10, again, if you have the right people, it's like, perfect. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it because it's their words then. Otherwise it's my, they're trying to make my words theirs. And sometimes that doesn't go as well because that's authentically me, mm-hmm. but how they would relay a message that's then going to feel more authentic from them. So that's something that I've really been working hard at is being more curious and asking people what they, what they would do, what they would think as opposed to just telling them, even though I know I have the answer. Mm-hmm. I remember when we used to do that and you know, what would initially come out of our, our mouths would be almost like perfect. And we'd be like, oh, I hope that it actually comes out yeah. that way when we yeah. deliver the message. <laughs> Often it doesn't, you know, it's like, but you know, it yeah. still helps to, yeah. It's amazing how when you're not overthinking it, how, mm-hmm. you know, n- natural and yeah. like just better for lack of better yeah, words, it sure. comes out. But then, you know, when the adrenaline is going and <laughs> you're a little bit more nervous about what the other person's going to say, then you start to question everything and um, yeah. it doesn't come out as fluid, but yeah. Or they say something where you were like that. We wouldn't, I wasn't expecting <laughs> yeah. that. Like, that wasn't in the role ball. play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Anything else that you think that we've missed that would be valuable to add to our listeners? Um, I, one thing I would love to talk about is who I can like over like who's mentored me. Yes. Can I share? Yes, that? please. Uh, because I would love to talk about. So I, when, when I first meet people and if somebody's like, well, tell me about yourself or if they're, if they want to understand me as a person, um, one of the first ways to describe myself is I'll tell them I'm a coach's daughter. And, um, so I, my dad is a retired teacher and coach. And, uh, so he didn't, he didn't know he was mentoring me, but he, I take a lot from him. So he was a wrestling coach and a girls golf coach. He was my coach. And the, what I took from him was that he cared first about the person and not about the athlete, not about the athlete, if you will. Mm -hmm. Like they were an athlete on his team, but he cared about them as a person first. And that shows up you know, even today where, or over time where, you know, he's invited to weddings and, you know, the Christmas cards he gets and things like that. And I think that's really important. And that's something for me as a mentor to my team, I always tell them, and you knew this, Jesse, like, first, I care about you as a person Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then second, as an employee of this company. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that ultimately I want to help you with your, in your career journey. And I hope that that will be here at this company for, um, you know, a long time, for example. But if it isn't, if you hit that spot in the road, I would much rather us have a conversation about it than be surprised that you're unhappy or leaving. And so that's a different way of like, it's, it's a hard conversation to have, but it's really important to let people know that. And because then if they get to that spot, they can come to you and feel like they can share, like I've hit this spot and hopefully you can find a place for them or find a new path and the journey at that company. But if you can't, then you can help them and be a part of their experience to wherever they take them next. So Mm -hmm. my dad taught me that in terms of just, 
you know, caring about people and, and also just being a good person. And this is from both my parents acting with integrity, you know, um, being good people like that's, you know, in terms of mentorship, people would want to be mentored by, I want to be mentored by somebody who I think has high integrity, high, high, you know, who's, who acts ethically, who cares, you know, deeply about people. And those are things that I took from my parents and then especially my dad, who was also my coach. Yeah. I always get emotional when I hear you talk about your dad because I know what kind of an impact he had yeah. growing up on you or growing, growing, <laughs> growing up on you, <laughs> you growing up with him. Yeah. And, um, I can wholeheartedly say as somebody who's been, um, an employee under you and, you know, a, a friend, um, of you now for so long that you definitely emanate those yeah. characteristics. So your dad would be very, very proud of yeah. who you've become and the type of, um, professional and friend and, and mom and wife. So, oh, yeah, that's, you don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that after this relationship or this conversation, excuse me, um, is our relationship an awesome, done? An awesome relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that people um, are going to want to reach out to you. So oh, how yeah. can how can people find you and connect with you if they have more questions or just want to get to know Terry better? Uh, I would love it if you uh, connected with me on LinkedIn. Send me a note so that I know you heard about me from this podcast. That would be great. Um, that would probably be the best way. If I give you my Field Nation email, I don't know when. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really great at email. I'm better at LinkedIn messaging, actually. So find me on LinkedIn, Terry mm-hmm. Calderon. I would be happy to connect with you. If anyone wanted to find out more about Field Nation, how Mm -hmm. do they go about doing that? Yeah, our website, www.fieldnation.com. There's a careers. If you want to know specifically about working at Field Nation, go to the careers page and you'll find everything in terms of not only our current openings, but also um, our, you know, what we do and our values and um, why we're here, our purpose. So. Wonderful. Well, this was honestly such a gift. So it was a gift for me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, I hope our listeners enjoyed this as much as I did. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you. So thanks for listening to this episode of What the HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever platform you're listening through now. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor. Share with your network, your boss, your CEO. Help us get the podcast in front of anyone who wants to know what HR looks like when done well. Also, if you have a suggestion for show topics or people you'd like us to interview, please email us at podcast at tcsherm.org. That is podcast at tcsherm.org. If you want to find out more about Twin City Sherm or our upcoming events, please visit our website at tcsherm.org. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Finally, if you're not already a member of Twin City Sherm, please use the code WHATTHR at checkout to receive $20 off your membership. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.